Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We are co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stemme and Andy Blaker. How's it going, Andy? Hey, it's pretty, it's going well. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. We are on episode 17 of season four. This episode is the second time around. It was written by Sheree Eichen and Bill Steinkellner, directed by Thomas LaFaro, and it aired on February 6, 1986. And the logline is, after Frazier is rejected by his date, Dr. Lillis Sternin, Sam decides that meeting a fun woman will boost Frazier's spirits. He introduces Frazier to Candy, with an I, who thinks that she and Frazier can have some laughs together. Everyone is surprised when an initially reluctant Frazier comes back to cheers with Candy, announcing that they are getting married in one hour. Meanwhile, Cliff's new pastime is bringing pretzels baked by his mother to the bar, much to the dismay of the gang. So we start with that in the teaser, with Cliff coming in, and he has a container of pretzels made by Ma. And <laughs> my very first thought was that this is not unlike Cliff bringing in vegetables earlier in the season to show off some special formation. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the pretzels are terrible. They're, the whole thing is basically just jokes about the pretzels. Like he wants, I think, Norm to describe it, and Norm says filling, and he's like, oh, "Okay, filling," and then he's like, "No, I lost a filling," <laughs> you know? and it's just on and on like that. And then I think at the end, Woody said he needs some water to swallow, and Sam's like, "Why would you want to do that?" He's like, "Well, I either have to do that or spit it out and look at it." So the whole point <laughs> is that the pretzels are awful. I think there was some. They other, look pretty awful. Yeah, they do. There's something about them being twisted, and Cliff says it's because of his mother's arthritis, and I think mm-hmm. maybe Norm, again, says something about that would explain the mentholatum smell. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that's the whole thing, just how bad these pretzels are. Mm-hmm. I thought in terms of a Cliff being sort of weird and bringing in some strange concoction that it was, it was a fun enough teaser. What did you think? Yeah. Yeah, fun enough for, you know, just kind of, kind of this endless uh, trope of, of his, you know, coming in with just the most eccentric kind of things. You mm-hmm. mentioned the vegetables, and I think we'll get that in another episode coming up here. And it, it's yeah. just these ongoing gags to kind of emphasize just how bizarre he is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So when we start the episode, Fraser comes in, he introduces his date, Dr. Lillis Sternin, and then he's listing her titles and credentials, which are <laughs> MD, PhD, EDD, APA. And Woody says, boy, it sure isn't spelled like it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and Lilith is just stone-faced. Lilith, of course, is played by B.B. Newworth. This is her first appearance in what will be many appearances on Cheers, but this is her, you know, first hurrah. She's not in too much of the episode, but she makes an impression. No, she certainly does. There's a lot I could say on, on this one. Um so she, of course, is a just like a legendary Broadway actress. She's won two Tony, Tony Awards. Mm-hmm. She, as you said, this is the first appearance. She's a guest star. But she will be a recurring, uh, uh, I'm not sure if considered regular or not, but she does win two Emmys for this role um, down the line. Mm-hmm. She's been in so many different things, um, of course. Um, spoiler alert, there's a phrase, there's a spinoff called Frasier years down the road that she mm-hmm. continues to guest star in in some capacity. She was in the film Jumanji. Oh, yes. And she, more recently, she's active in everything. Um, mm-hmm. She has had regular roles in Law and Order Trial by Jury 
and more recently Madam Secretary on CBS. So she's been in a lot of different things and of course is, is most known for her role in musical theater, specifically Broadway. Mm-hmm. I think, didn't she win a Tony for Sweet Charity? Wasn't that one of the... I think, yes. I uh-huh. that was it. Yep. I actually saw her in a play two years ago, so November of 2019, at a smaller theater in Philadelphia. I think it's really? called The Small Fire. Mm-hmm. It's going out there for a Fleetwood Mac concert. And I somehow had put together that she was going to be performing there. I'd read an interview or something. I looked it up, and it was like one of the shows. It was the day before the concert that I was going to. So I went you know, down to the box office. I ended up getting a front row seat. So it's like she was right there in front of me. And I only thought, as much as I, I really only associate her with Cheers, I remember now that she was in Jumanji, now that you mentioned it, um, but I didn't think about Lilith except that there was one time the way she said one thing. And it wasn't even that she was behaving as Lilith. It was just like a word or something she said reminded me of one scene from Cheers, but I you know, kept it to myself. But the rest of the time, like I didn't think about any other characters at all. You know, it was just kind of immersed in what she was, was doing. So that was really, it was fun. I mean, it was fun to see yeah. her in that environment. Yeah, sure. so that is cool. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> so back to the episode, Diane says, you know, she's talking about how she's proud of Fraser making good on his pledge to start a new life. And Fraser is talking about meeting Lilith over drinks after a chemical dependency seminar the past week, which I just, I think that's funny. I'm not sure why, <laughs> I just think it's funny. Um, <laughs> Lilith, in her very tight voice, says that she noticed that Fraser's drinking went beyond sociability. So she's correcting him this whole time. And Sam is putting away glasses. He stops to kind of look over at them. You know, I think he notices that something's a little little different, maybe. Um, And Fraser, I like that he's having fun with it. He asks Woody for two cognacs, and then he asks Lilith what she would like. (laughs) (laughs) So he's trying to... He's trying to have fun with her. You know, he's kind of really is the madcap in, in this pairing at the outset, you know. Um, whereas a little bit later on, he's sort of the staid one. It's interesting how that kind of switches around due to the severity of Lilith's <laughs> personality. Lilith's right. just not amused at all. And Fraser kind of drops his hands to the bar. He says it was a meaningless joke. And then Lilith says there's no such thing as a meaningless joke. She orders a white wine. And then Sam says, a white wine for the charming lady. <laughs> she tells him his flattery is obligatory and specious. <laughs> yes. So no one can do anything quite right. And Fraser asks Lilith how she likes Cheers, and she says it's adequate. it seems adequate for its purpose. <laughs> she doesn't have a personal opinion. It just seems adequate for its purpose. But she thinks he brought her there to surround himself with people he knows, and she doesn't. And then he doesn't deny it, but as he thought, it's very honest, I thought, he thought they would have a couple of drinks to lower their inhibitions and then go back to her place to have a physical encounter of some sort. So Lilith says they're not going to be doing that. And just this entire back and forth, he appreciates her candor, and then she says, no, you don't. And he's like, you're right, I feel like striking you. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a, I don't even know how to really describe it because it's so removed from a conversation that people would have and I don't you know it's just I I thought it was well done but it was only something Mm -hmm. that those two people could do I will say so when she first started talking it was just so incredibly stilted that it seemed very robotic and kind Mm -hmm. of fake and it was kind of a turnoff and then she just a few lines into it it was still I mean it's supposed to be stilted it's supposed to be that way but it was just glaringly so 
when she started in and then she warmed into it a little a little better. So mm-hmm. I was I was happy about that. But I remember like that very first line about your your drinking went beyond so it was just the, the way it was delivered was to me kind of like I don't know, way over the top. But then again yeah. within just a few beats later it was it was much more a little more natural. I mean I, I get the idea is that she is gonna be this just incredibly uptight person. But right. I liked how they kind of, you know, think she took her a minute to fall into that but um i love her glare i love her her stare like she mm-hmm. gave it woody when uh, the first comment about all the uh, initials after her name and everything the letters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she just got the stone cold stare yeah. that really worked yeah yeah um and she says something about like his attempt at machismo is totally inadequate and he says, you can't, you can't even look at me. And Fraser says he's grown tired of counting the comb marks in her hair. So <laughs> starting to reference like that very uptight bun that she wears. And then he announces that she's going to, or sorry, he announces that he's going to use the little boy's room. And this part I really like too. And she asks like, why does a grown man feel the need to euphemize? <laughs> and she says it in a very mechanical way. Mm-hmm. And then Woody answers the question that wasn't a question. It was like, well, he did drink that beer awfully fast. <laughs> Oh, that, was, that great. was great. And she stares at him again. Yep. yep. So what I thought about this was like, we found someone that is more corrective of Frasier or of anyone than Diane ever was. That's you know, right. Like every single thing. <laughs> um, so Lilith Pager beeps and she hopes it's one of her manic depressive patients so that the evening will take an upturn. And <laughs> I like Norm's like, you gotta love her. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching from yeah. the other end of the bar. And then she tells Diane to tell Frazier that she's had an uncomfortable evening and basically is not going to see Frazier again except professionally. And Carla asks, like, what? No goodnight kiss? And then Lilith <laughs> informs her that she kisses only as a prelude to passion. <laughs> and I then, love that Sam pipes up. We've been warned. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. And Carla says of Frazier, like, even the trash gets dumped only once a week. Mm-hmm. Apparently he's had a number of you know ill-fated <laughs> encounters, but I thought that that was a, it's a good first glimpse at Lilith. She changes a little bit later on, like she's not as mechanical. She's mm-hmm. severe, but not that severe, you know. But I thought that right. that was she's more of a caricature, I guess. But I I still thought she did a good job. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm definitely excited for more of of her because yeah. I, I know that she obviously is is ongoing for a while. So I'm. Um, I'm excited with what they do. I think it was a fantastic way to introduce her. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the way that they kind of play off each other, you know, and, and it does yes. make Frazier seem less uptight as him, you know. I mean, right. she set the bar ever higher and, uh, you know, it'll kind of be interesting to see how he might become, you know, a little more, I don't know, like the like the funny guy to, to how severe she is, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's a good glimpse of what's to come you know a little bit of a good glimpse of that she said something in it was a zoom call that the cast of cheers did last november so november of 2020 and it was everybody from like it was basically like the latter half of cheers and so she was on this call and it was something that ted danson had done with different casts of his various tv shows and some movies and the pinnacle of it was the cast of cheers and she talked about her first appearance on the show and said that she had met him, like he introduced himself to her, it was very welcoming when she had come in dressed as Lilith, you know, for the, to shoot or whatever, for the scenes. Mm-hmm. And then another time she was on the set and she was just dressed, like she just was there, you know, herself basically. And she's, you know, she's like a dancer and an actor, like all of the, 
you know, those things. So she looks different right. when she, I'm sure when she just dresses as herself. And she had on like a short mini skirt and whatever, you know, other little outfit. And she said that he introduced himself to her again because he didn't realize it was the same person, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, I thought that was a fun little anecdote. So Fraser comes out from the from the little boys' room. He finds out Lilith is gone, and he asks. He's kind of like, "Oh, I didn't care for her." And then asks him if he can use the office, and he's going to go in there and weep. He says it matter-of-factly. Mm-hmm. And so Carla asks Sam if he can give Fraser one of his hand-me-downs. And Sam, of course, mentions that he already did. <laughs> <laughs> Rising Diane. <laughs> um, and then he comes up with Candy Pearson. And Diane, I think, disapproves immediately based even on her name. You know, it just doesn't sound like a serious name, apparently. And Sam wants Fraser to learn that not all women are misery. Some of them are fun. And he says that Candy is cute, fun, and has never met a man she didn't like a lot. So enter Candy. She comes in in her cute little dress, and she kisses Sam. And it's Jennifer Tilly, who has a very specific voice that works really well, I think, for this episode, as well as just her persona. Mm-hmm. So... And I think you had some some info for us on Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, she's been in so many different things. I think a lot of people, she's known for a bunch of different things. More recently, she's probably known for her voice work on Family Guy. She's done voice work on them for, what, they've been around for 20 plus years now. Yeah. Um, she, she does a character there. She did, um, she debuted more or less in the film The Fabulous Baker Boys back in, I want to mm-hmm. say, 88 or 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in Bullets Over Broadway, which was a Woody Allen film in the mid-90s. She did Liar Liar. Um, and then she had a uh, she did several films in the Chucky franchise. Uh, live action and voice work, like Bride of Chucky. I haven't seen any of these movies, so I don't know. But right. she, she <laughs> like, played no. like a romantic foil or whatever. Tiffany, mm-hmm. I guess, was the character's name. So she kind of has that scream queen horror legacy on, on that end, as well as... Um, obviously a lot of distinctive voice work but she's mm-hmm. really she's she's got an incredible range of of roles and she's also a professional poker player she's oh, competed on like poker reality shows i guess yeah. those are a thing and um, yeah. so uh she's done a, a lot of different things with with that as well so pretty oh, pretty interesting, interesting stuff yeah yeah well she comes in fraser says he's sitting at the bar he says he's getting low and running out of beer. Um, so Fraser's kind of back to his, his drinking ways. And Sam introduces Fraser to Candy. And Candy asks Fraser if anyone has told him that he has a cute forehead. <laughs> and he says no, but he's been told he has acute anxiety. <laughs> I love that line. Too. I always love a good psychological joke. <laughs> I love that that's the first thing she says to him in her voice mm-hmm. about a cute forehead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And not that it's a receding hairline, but it's a cute forehead. Yeah. <laughs> So Candy, Fraser notes that Candy has her name, you know, on her necklace. And she says that she used to spell her name with a Y, but no one took her seriously so that she switched it like Gandy. (laughs) 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 Fraser says he understands that that's why Gandhi did that as well. He just named it in with an I. Um, (laughs) I love that because it's kind of a dumb and not dumb joke at the same time. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, she obviously must know who... Gandhi is, and maybe just not. <laughs> right, she has an awareness about him. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Um, 
It also reminds me a little bit, I don't think she's the same type of character at all, but it reminds me from way, way back in the beginning of Brandy with two E's. Remember that? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so although I don't think that Candy is, is necessarily dumb like Brandy with two E's, but she has that, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the same surface characteristics perhaps. Right. Yeah. So... Candy wants a drink with Bubbles, so Fraser is first happy to have champagne with her until he hears Cliff mouthing off that Sam's never bothered to set him up with one of his bevy of babes. And Fraser says, um, you know, he gets down about it and he says that the story is that when all else fails, hire some strumpet to date the town wretch. And Sam protests that she's not a strumpet, you know, and that she's just there to, because she heard Fraser was down and so forth. I like that Sam defends Candy. He kind of presents her as fun, not as cheap. Right, you know? right. He does, like yeah. No. And he kind of, you know, defends his own actions too. Like he wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, he wasn't, there was no, you know, ill intent or, or necessarily pity behind it, you know. Right, right. She just likes men. He needs someone that likes men and she's a fun girl, you know. Right. So, Fraser tells Candy he's not accustomed to fraternizing with women of her type. And she very rightly, I thought, asked what type that is. Mm-hmm. But then he says, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's very honest. Yeah, right, right. And then across the bar, Cliff is saying he can't believe Fraser turned Candy down and that he'd be making her scrambled eggs by now. And Carla passes by and says, I'm sure she'd prefer that sex. Yes. So, and then I like that Norm at this point, he's like, why do you open your mouth? Yeah. And we we have the be- the bell uh, line introduced mm-hmm. as well, the running gag of that. Put the yeah. idea of putting a little bell on her, which I think is a fantastic <laughs> idea. It is. It so. is. So that they can, like, know when she's around. <laughs> it is a good idea. Candy's telling Fraser that Sam said he, Fraser was a nice guy, just down in the dumps and all of this. So they end up, Fraser ends up walking her out and then asking her to get some food. She's like, oh, food, my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's just, I don't know if it's dumb. It's just kind of optimistic, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just happy about everything. It's just very surface level, honest, and Mm -hmm. eager, and yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I'm I'm hungry, food is also my favorite. Right? (laughs) Everyone likes that. Alter, yeah. (laughs) So we have Cliff coming in with more pretzels, and Norm is employed to try to tell Cliff to stop bringing these pretzels in. But Cliff gives a sob story about his mom being, she's been down for 40 years, basically, until Cliff told her how much everybody liked the pretzels. And so now they're all trying to eat the pretzels again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. And then the guys are making jokes about Fraser going out to dinner with Candy. They're wondering what happened. And the best part of this is Woody not understanding the jokes or sexual metaphors because they're talking about like a fine restaurant or whatever and like actually mm-hmm. it's the best and so forth and then Woody volu- like his statement is I wonder if the restaurant was crowded <laughs> in all fairness I didn't think their jokes or double entendres were that funny so I mean I, I thought his, his, you could have just as well justified his as any of theirs to be honest yeah. with you but I mean yeah, no, I, know. I, I, I didn't think they were his. that clever I, he was so happy with himself. He's just like mm. laughing as he's, you know, trying to participate in it. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> I know. So then Diane is doubting that Fraser was swept away by Candy because she knows what kind of man Fraser is and so forth. So Fraser comes in with Candy and announces that they're getting married in an hour. Sam is celebrating. Diane is, of course, concerned. Um, 
And Sam says it didn't cross his mind that Fraser and Candy would get married. And Diane says, thoughts can't cross your mind. Sam, the bridge is out. I <laughs> thought that was a good insult. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was. I mean, you can kind of tell she's just kind of like desperate to say something in that moment, you know. So mm-hmm. it is kind of that, that mean-spirited jab. But it was... It was funny, right? I, mean, I think it was. I feel like she, she really walks the line between kind of petty, mean-spirited, and mm-hmm. an authentically funny line, you know? And sometimes mm-hmm. it falls on either side of that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. To me, in this time, like in season four, even if they are kind of mean, they are funny. Whereas when they were dating, mm-hmm. I thought that they often were just mean, consistently right. mean and petty. But it's I think she gets some good lines in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. being one of them. So, Fraser is talking about how Candy's perfect for him because he had gotten so tired of thinking and dating at the same time. <laughs> and then Diane, of course, thinks that this is all about her. That Fraser's trying to draw her out, and he says no, and she says yes. You know, which I think they kind of probably had to have in there. That, that that's of course what Diane is going to see the motivation. Well, of course, thing, of course, know? yeah. And then Cliff and Norm are kind of the, um, what would it be? Like the, the side characters, whatever, the comic relief over in the side, discussing how they're going to rearrange their evening activities around a wedding and <laughs> put off like the pool game and the blacking out teeth and People Magazine and all these different things that they do, you know, that they have on this day to do. They're going to have to readjust all that. <laughs> and then we have what's actually one of my favorite exchanges in the episode, which is between Carla and Candy. And Carla goes over to the table and tells her, like, you know, you're not so dumb. And Candy's like, yeah. thank you, Carla. And she's genuinely <laughs> flattered. That's the part uh-huh. that I like is that she yeah. really takes that well. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just a, a warm, you know, compliment that Carla has paid her. Yeah. And then Carla's assessment of Fraser as a husband is pretty great, too. Like, he won't hurt you and he'll always be faithful. But if he isn't, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That one got a lot of laughs. Yeah. That and was then, a very relatable line. Yeah. And then Candy's like, that's kind of beautiful. <laughs> um, I really, it seems like this entire sequence is a series of like one-on-one exchanges, all of which are funny in my opinion, because now we have Woody coming up and telling Fraser he couldn't be happier for him. And he's speaking very sentimentally about this dream of falling in love and marrying a beautiful girl and having three children that move away and hardly ever write. And then growing old in an empty house together and dying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just says it with such warmth in his right. congratulations, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when they're preparing to take their vows, Candy says they're missing music. So Woody is going to play a little piano. He says he plays a little bit. So he sits at the piano and he starts playing Heart and Soul. <laughs> It's, it's not just the song. It's the way that Woody Harrelson is doing this. Like He's leaning in and moving like he is actually uh-huh. a concert pianist up there playing the song. And then when Sam says it's not right for a wedding, he kind of slows it down and plays it more seriously, but with like more of that kind of swaying motion over the piano. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. noticed. Did you have anything else to say about that? No, I just, I, I, loved, how, I loved how they did this scene. Yeah, I did too. I did too. And I noticed that they cut to back to Frasier and Candy and the blonde lady that's the extra that we've mentioned a couple times is uh-huh. behind Frasier. And she's the only one that's like smiling like she's <laughs> in, like it is a joke, you know? 
I see. I watch for her all the time now, and she's yeah. in these all these episodes, always coming in with a new guy. You know, she's just mm-hmm. a. I just love her. You know? Oh, I know. I, I know. I wish I knew her name. I wish I knew her I name. Know who I don't. She is. Yeah. I know. I really mm. don't know if there's a way to find out, but I just would love to find something out about her. The actress. I know. That, we'll later. have to do that. That could be a, a research project for like right. later, because she is in the show. I think throughout, at least for a very long time, <laughs> and always doing something like that where she's kind of aware that they're filming the show. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's reacting. I mean, she is kind of reacting as a character would react, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, she always is having a, maybe a better time than some of the other extras. Right. She's she's going to go a little bit above and beyond, you know? Yeah, right, right. She's going to earn her little uh, $5 a day or whatever mm-hmm. they pay her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they get on with the wedding and the justice of the peace right away asks for objections and Diane right away says, I do. So then Fraser says, right phrase, wrong wedding. <laughs> Which I thought was a good quip for Frasier. Mm-hmm. And Diana ushers Frasier, Candy, and Sam into Sam's office. And Sam tells the gang, the whole crowd at the wedding, they'll be entertained by the magic fingers of Mr. Woody Boyd. So Woody <laughs> starts into like a jauntier version of Heart and Soul. <laughs> I really thought every time they did that, it was perfect. Like it was mm-hmm. a good laugh each time. Yeah. So in the office, I felt like this was one of the more predictable scenes if you know it's coming i still think it was rather well done but i you know it's this conversation about whether or not um fraser and candy are mistaking temporary attraction for deeper emotion mm-hmm. diane uses herself and sam as an example saying that the only thing they had in common was a great physical relationship and then sam says you know he adds that they had a lot of that which makes candy laugh <laughs> diane and fraser argue about her interpretation of his psychological analysis of them and candy starts to say here's what i think and fraser tells her she was not put on this earth to think so he's <laughs> kind of taking some of his anger at diane out by like lashing out at her mm-hmm. and he regrets it right away but candy thinks that he's right and she says that she didn't understand anything anybody was saying except for sam and i like that sam acknowledges candy and nods because they're sort of they're kind of the same people in this scenario you know as mm-hmm. dippy as she comes across I think she has some sense, and Sam does too. I thought that that was a good contrast. Yeah, I think um, there's so many parallels here, you know, between mm-hmm. between her and Frasier and Sam and Diane and everything. And, and Diane starts pulling out some of those herself about how, you know, her belief that, you know, her and Sam's relationship was based purely on, like, physical attraction and, and whatever, physicality i guess right um but yeah i do kind of like how how sam and and sam and her kind of do this sort of have this sort of unspoken alliance right like the two of them are are together in terms of their how similar they are to each other mm-hmm. yeah in yeah, this I, moment anyway right i like that because they're all apparently kind of incompatible with each other <laughs> like none of those work out as a couple mm-hmm. um but sam and candy at least seem to be on the same wavelength and kind of be friends you know right they're the only. They're really the only two that get along in that group. Well, I mean, you know, across genders, I would say. Uh, it's just amusing to me. Yeah. So Fraser and Candy decide they're not going to get married. They're going to wait, and they make a joke about through the weekend and so forth. So Fraser is still thinking he's a madcap, and he apologizes again for yelling at Candy, and she says that she found it sexy when he was angry. <laughs> so they go out carrying on. He's kind of faux yelling and going on and on about like what was it if they can put a man on the moon why can't they 
I can't remember the end of that, but it was, you know, another one of those. Something about things. metal in a microwave or something? Oh, why can't you, yeah, like heat metal in a microwave. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's their exit. And Sam and Diane have this awkward scene in the office, kind of intimating marriage. And Sam says, for a lot of people, they're waiting for a wedding. Um, and he guesses it's up to them. And so Diane thinks he's talking about the two of them. She says that, like, my God, Sam, which I can never... I can't take it when she says that. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> it's so dramatic. My God, Sam. Mm. No. So he's talking about serving drinks. And Diane admits she thought that he was talking about something else. And so they go back and forth about what the answer would be and what the question would be. Mm-hmm. So Diane says, the answer would be no. So then the question is, have you ever met a man that gave you the hots more than me? <laughs> she changes her answer to yes. And Sam's question is, do you want to go to bed with me? So then she's going to change the answer again, and Sam's question changes to, is there any way that she would not object to not going to bed with me? <laughs> Which confuses her, and he laughs as they leave the office. So I thought it was an amicable ending. I'm glad it ended on a humorous note, given that they had that little awkwardness about the wedding. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I really like their interaction together. I mean, it, it toes the line between, like, cute and awkward and everything and, yeah. and uncomfortable for us. But um, right. I... I right as always but i yeah, I, yeah. I actually enjoyed this interaction between them this ending scene a lot more than some of the other ones that we get okay why just because of the banter or i guess the banter it's mm-hmm. yeah i mean it i don't know i i just think it was it was more playful and it was more um it was more playful but i think what you kind of what you were saying earlier where i think where we are in the with the characters in season 4 you know they mm-hmm. they've fallen more into this sort of camaraderie where things are not right. so tense things are not so volatile with them and so maybe maybe it's more enjoyable for the audience you know where you can relax a little bit more and it's not so in your face all the time like it has been throughout mm-hmm up till now more or less i feel like season four their banter is a little more relaxed and it's more enjoyable for me anyway oh yeah definitely for me as well i think that's why i like the jokes about nothing can cross your brain sam the bridge is out like or your mind sam the bridge is out because again like we said it's you know it's kind of mean-spirited but at the same time it's just that more droll way that she says it you know Mm -hmm. she's not putting emotion behind it she's not necessarily upset you know, so I definitely prefer that. And even then, right. like when she's analyzing their relationship, which she can't help but do, it's still not in this emotive, you know, I don't know, not in the kind of grading way that she did mm-hmm. in the past. And it's just as an example to these other two people. So it's definitely, it's definitely more fun, I think, than it was in the past. Right. Well, yeah. And like you said, the camaraderie is something that I really enjoy at this time. What else? What else did you have to say about the episode? I really like the introduction of Lilith Stern in here. I mean, I, yeah. I found it a bit stilted, but already in her few minutes of appearance, she relaxed a little more and it seemed like, okay, this is a character we can kind of, you know, have on and, and everything. And then Jennifer Tilly, I thought was fantastic in this because she 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 walks this line between dumb bimbo kind of character right and and really sweet you know and Mm -hmm. i don't think she's dumb i don't think she's dumb i think she's just extremely different from 
a lot of the other characters that we have. And she's, but I, I really like how they played her off against Frasier. She's just completely upfront and honest and, and fun, as, as yeah. he said, you know, not his type. And so I just, I thought the way she delivered so many of her lines and the way she played this character was fantastic. Um, so I, I really thought she was the, she was the strongest point of this episode for me. I think it's interesting that you said she was upfront and honest because Lilith also is upfront and honest, but in an entirely different way, like the polar opposite way. Right. And very right. not Again, fun. The like difference the be- fun. exactly. One is and fun, those. the other is is not at all. So yeah. it's yeah. <laughs> and two, I think that Candy is she's not deep, but she's still sort of substantial as right. a person. Right, she's not intellectual. She hasn't. She's not intellectual, but that does not mean you are dumb, right? I mean, they're two very different things. You know, you have, you have, um, you know, Diane, who's definitely intellectual, and then you have someone like Sam, who's not intellectual but has a load of common sense. You know, and Mm -hmm. he's not dumb by any means, despite what you know Diane might say. But so um, I think it's that kind of. You know, we've talked about this in different episodes before, but that that kind of. uh, juxtaposition of someone who is just the, the the intellectual academic you know kind of person and someone who's a little bit more common sense street smart right mm-hmm. I'm not I'm yeah. certainly not saying she's absolutely street smart common sense we don't know but she's not dumb she's not presented as someone who's just completely vapid and dumb right so right right and I really in that I like Fraser's line about how he gotten tired of thinking and dating at the same time because that could be an insulting line you know, if he thinks that he wants a woman that's dumb but I don't take it that way I guess given right. her character it's just that he's you know I could see how that would be exhausting for him to have to be mm-hmm. completely intellectual and then also for him like worried about dating which is not apparently very natural for him either you know it's just it is a lot to take on right. um yeah you know that's a it's interesting interesting contrasts in the the women for him yeah Anything else? I did. Uh, there was one line that um, Diane was snapping at Frazier in the in the Sam's office scene, and she said something about we don't need like your flashcard psychoanalysis or something. Oh yeah, I can't remember exactly the the context with that moment, but like I that. really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. It kind of reminded me a few episodes back where um, Frazier just like gives it to um, Sam and Diane about how they they're they're you know they're on and off again and and how they you know can't get over each other and they mm-hmm. engage in this silly child's play or whatever and he just kind of lays down the law with them and I kind of thought it kind of harkened back to that where the roles were reversed in that moment where she kind of just gives him this you know we don't need this flashcard psychoanalysis and kind of just cuts him down a little bit yeah yeah that's a good point too that will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stimmy and Andy Blaker. How are you tonight, Andy? Hey, Marlene. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. We are on eight, episode 18 of season four. This one is titled The Peterson Principle. It was written by Peter Casey and David Lee, directed by James Burroughs, and it aired on February 13th, 1986. So in this episode, while vying with a coworker for a promotion at work, Norm learns that his competition is having an affair with the boss, information that, if spilled, would sway the job in his favor. The bar is mixed in opinion of what Norm should do in terms of this. Meanwhile, Fraser brings slides of his European trip with Diane to the bar to give to Diane, but ends up showing them to everyone, complete with commentary on his feelings about Diane's eventual betrayal. We start, though, with this teaser that is just standalone, unrelated to the main story. A little boy comes into Cheers to meet Carla because he wants to take Anne-Marie to the movies. So he's kind of a preteen, looks like to me. Mm-hmm. And his name is Vito, nice Italian boy for Anne-Marie. So Carla serves Vito a glass of uh, soda, and he, she asks what movie they're going to see, and he says 101 Dalmatians. So everything seems pretty standard fare at this point. Carla's talking about how 101 Dalmatians is entertaining and it has a good message. It's one of her favorites. But in the midst of this, she takes a a tray, a napkin off of something on a tray, and it turns out it's a Polaroid camera. And she photographs Vito from all sides (laughs) and then decides that he's a a nice boy, you know, nice enough for Anne-Marie. So she gives him some money to go to the movies and get some snacks and so forth. And then after Vito leaves, Carla bags the glass that have Vito's fingerprints on them and then tells Sam to hold on to them until the boys from the lab arrive. <laughs> so she's protective of her children, even though she complains about them. Right. Yeah. I thought it, the, the camera part was funny when she takes out the camera and starts photographing him. I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. She kind of just like assembles, assembles it, makes him turn so she gets a mm-hmm. full profile of him. Right. That part was that part was fun. Yeah, she's still talking the whole time. Mm-hmm. So overall, did you enjoy the teaser or think it could have been different? Um, it, it's it's passable. I mean, mm-hmm. it was you know, like yeah. I said, it, it had a fun aspect. It wasn't one that stands out in my mind or anything, but yeah, just kind of another moment, Carla story with her kids. Right, yeah. right. All these moments that kind of add a little bit of depth without being a huge, you know turning point or whatever right yeah so in the episode Frazier comes in he brings a stuffed bird named Plato that belonged to his father stuffed owl and he offers it to Sam he says it's a like what was it like a remarkable work of taxidermy or something like that mm-hmm. Sam doesn't want it so he just tosses it into the trash can because <laughs> <laughs> Frazier says then toss it yeah right right <laughs> he talks about how it has such sentimental value and everything mm-hmm. and Diane comes around and she just looks horrified when he's like then toss it and they uh, she does look horrified I, I thought there was going to be they... something about that but that's just it <laughs> that was a nice addition though mm-hmm. it's really fun probably brought back memories of um what was that bar rag she had no, it wasn't a bar rag oh but the Something oh about gosh, him. what was the name of it? It had a little name, like all of her stuff toys. the Lion? Brian the Lion. Brian the Lion. I'm thinking of Mr. Rogers. Brian the Lion. <laughs> right. That's right. That Carla has turned into a bar rag. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a that's a good connection. <laughs> so Frazier offers Diane slides of their trip to Europe that he has. He doesn't want anymore. And Sam volunteers. They can show them on the projector in the back room. So Diane kind of, just a little bit 
hurt, a little bit whiny. She says that Sam said the projector was broken when she wanted to show her slides of Colombian art. And he said, yes, it is broken when you want to show your slides of Colombian art. So Frazier, we get into, I mean, this is kind of classic Frazier and Diane. Frazier's talking about how the slides are going to benefit everyone at the bar. You know, it's going to give them some culture. And they can see Europe's highlights with informed commentary from people that have been there. So no one is interested when Fraser asks who wants to see the slideshow until Sam says they can make disgusting noises and shadow animals. And then everybody finds that appealing. So it's a, but it is, it's like a last Fraser and Diane attempt to, you know, to, in, to give culture and intellect to the bar, I thought. Right. At this point, Norm comes in and he delivers one of the most famous Norm lines. It's a dog eat dog <laughs> world, Sammy, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Yes. And it gets a huge laugh. Mm-hmm. It's a great line. It is a good line. Yeah, it really is. So apparently Vera has been calling, and they've said that normal call Vera back. And, you know, he's like, well, you lied. <laughs> so they have some back and forth around that. And Norm says he's up for an account manager job, and today is the decision day. So Vera is calling she's waiting on pins and needles apparently and he says vera's always had a low threshold for excitement and he talks about the time she went into a tizzy the day she cracked open a two yolk egg (laughs) so he says they he told vera they buy a new house if he gets the promotion and that um, her dream is to have a house with a bathroom large enough if you fall down you won't hit your head on anything so cliff gives a little known fact that 42 percent of deaths in america are caused by accidents in the home and carla walks by and says so are you so though they don't mention it, this would be another time when having the bell on her would have been useful. Right. When they talked about last episode, they need to put a bell mm-hmm. on her. Yeah. So Norm talks about the executive wives inviting Vera to lunch in a fancy restaurant the day before, and that she now refers to Velveeta as fromage. This experience has changed her. Um, I really like, I like the way they introduced this, because it's of course a point later, but it's the way they brought it up here with Norm talking about the luncheon was good. And... I like Diane saying, if diligence, dedication, and the old-fashioned work ethic have any bearing on the decision, and she's kind of putting stuff on her train, getting ready, and then when she looks Norm in the eye, she pauses and just says, good luck, Norman. Good luck, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then Norm talks about how he's been avoiding success, but he's ready for it now. I thought that this was interesting. It's an interesting part of Norm's character, you know, his relationship mm-hmm. just to work and to life. Because he's saying he's poised on the brink of destiny, but you just kind of wonder if Norm is ever really poised on the brink of destiny or if he even wants to be. <laughs> right. It doesn't kind of seem like something he normally in, in past episodes care about or say right. that sort of thing, right? Right. Uh, and then I wonder as well if he, I mean, he could get excited about something once in a while like that. Or is it that Vera is apparently excited about it? You know, you mm-hmm. don't know. Right. But Frazier comes at this point from the back. And asks if everybody's ready for the slideshow. And then Norm says, like, what the hell? I got nothing better to do. <laughs> that was immediately after he was poised on the brink of destiny. So Frazier in the pool room, he's got everyone seated. And he's narrating these slides. And I have to say, like, I thought that this, I really liked this interlude in the episode between the parts of Norm's story. Um, yes. The details of this, I think, are just really good. And it's the whole thing. Even though we're not seeing the movie that they're watching, it's almost like some of the episodes where they're watching a film, you know. Right. Right. Um, and like the, here's Diane at the Tower of London, and Woody asks where the tower is, and Fraser says that Diane's standing in front of it. And it's like everything is the same. It's like a picture of Diane with some 
part of a famous landmark behind her, basically. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even, what was it, the changing of the guard, that you can see that in her sunglasses, which, you know, yeah, hide her eyes, reflection. which hide her emotions. <laughs> <laughs> This was a great scene. Yeah, that's why I, like, everything I, I so just, enjoyed it. Yeah, everything just builds for him. Mm-hmm. And then Diane in front of Big Bill, Big Bill, Diane in front of Big Ben, um, and Sam says it looks just like the other wall. <laughs> and Sam wants to know if they took pictures of things where you can see the things themselves. Right. So he forwards through the slides, and it like, goes and goes and goes, and it has a slide <laughs> of Diane boating on the sun. Um, and he says, like, it's his last carefree day on the continent. So this is, like, the most passive-aggressive. Oh, it just <laughs> builds and builds. It really does. Yeah. And I thought he did a great job because it's almost like he becomes almost more ma- maniacal as it goes on, mm-hmm. right? He starts mm-hmm. laughing at things. And it, it, you could just kind of see this 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 little miniature breakdown forming in his head. And, and the way he, he did that was, was fantastic. It was. And the comments from Sam and Woody... Like, mm-hmm. what was it? Like, sunny Italy. And Sam says, boy, she doesn't look happy there, does she? And Woody right. shakes his head. <laughs> and then she, the other line was, uh, oh, uh, beautiful Florence or something. It's like, hey, she looks just like Miss Chambers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Frazier says something about that being the night that he proposed. He's like, yes, you see, she's laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it cuts over to Diane, who's just becoming more and more aggrieved and rolling her eyes yes. to defend herself. And just just the whole way they played that scene off. Um, and then, of course, you have Norm and you have Cliff in the front with their beers and they're just sitting there passively watching. And mm-hmm. I, I just the whole the whole framing of it, the way they set it up. I really enjoyed this scene. Yeah, I did, too. I, it was really well done. And every like even like you said, the passive people are contributing to the scene. And they're there as much for this drama of the telling of the story <laughs> as they are for the slides that apparently contain nothing but Diane. And so Diane, you know, at the end of this, at some point leaves. And then Frazier is suddenly contrite and follows her out and everybody else leaves. But you get the sense that they were engaged at that point with it at some point, you know, mm-hmm. in some of it. And um, but Norm tells Cliff that his Florida slides were better than that. And Cliff's like, "Well, I have them in the trunk." So, but yes, I, I really I love that scene. So Frazier in the bar is apologizing. He says he thought he was getting better, and he's essentially can't stop obsessing over Diane. So Sam tells Frazier that they should go out and carouse with the women of Boston. Basically, he thinks it's a pity offer, which Sam confirms. And then Sam makes a joke about Sammy Claus taking him out later to get his tree trimmed. <laughs> Mm. So, I mean, yeah. one thing I wanted to say on this because you know, she, uh, Diane confronts him is like, you know, you got to get over me, you got to stop. You mm-hmm. know, I don't see any evidence of you, and I mean, I got to You kind of got to side with her because it's been how many episodes where he kind of comes in and out and makes these a calm. I mean, it's just been. I feel like this line has kind of been dragged out a bit, and so yeah. I really identified with her when she's like, you know, I don't see any evidence of this, and she's just kind of completely flustered because it. I mean, it's true. I mean, he kind of cracked here, but it's it's been building up to this, you know, and it's, it's yeah. been pretty dragged out. So, But know. it built up in the episode when he confronts them in the office, in the right. triangle, and when he's saying, like, you two, this is how you're always going to be. I want no part of it, and walks mm-hmm. out. Like, that was a very good statement. I mean, maybe he's, you right. know, I'm sure emotionally has backpedaled, backpedaled since then. But even in the last episode when he, at the very beginning, is left by, you know, Lilith leaving the bar. It's like he has sort of 
sort of tried. I mean, maybe he hasn't emotionally tried, but he's obviously been making attempts to date other women. And so this just seems like, okay, well, that didn't work. So now he's back to being obsessed with Diane again. Or maybe it was the slides that stirred it up for him. Who knows? So a young guy comes in, it's Norm's coworker, and he says he bets Norm is going to be the new account manager. He's praising Norm for an audit that Norm did in which he wrote off breast reduction surgery as a depreciation. (laughs) That was great. Mm -hmm. They make all these accounting jokes about it. So the coworker tells Norm that Norm has professional ethics, unlike Morrison, who's Norm's competition, who's apparently having an affair with the boss's wife. And Norm, I think Norm's big surprise is that they're doing it having this affair once a week which sounds excessive to him <laughs> you know, yeah he's like wait a minute you have energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like once a week <laughs> so norm starts to celebrate after this fellow leaves norm starts to celebrate his new job um did you have anything else sorry to stop did you have anything else on the that scene with the co-worker i thought he did a good job the man that played the co-worker it's just this kind of like yeah. enthusiastic Fellow. Yeah, a little. Yeah, and a little bit of a kiss ass. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I thought he did too. He's very over eager and obviously angling for you know maybe a favor down the like, road. Remember you know, like remember me when? Friend. Right, right, right. Um, no, I mean that that pretty well says it all. I thought it, it mm-hmm. served its role and pretty well. Yeah. So, Norm thinks he's going to get this new job when he lets this gossip slip. And Carla asks Norm if he's going to rat on Morrison and the boss's wife. And Norm fires back, no, I'm going to sing Moon River outside their motel room. <laughs> that was great. Um, and then Sam and Diane also disagree with Norm spreading gossip. Norm's trying to be more aggressive and, you know, play the game, I guess, like this corporate game that he's not suited to play. But he's trying to be that person. Cliff thinks Norm should rat, of course. And he goes, he starts with that. And then he goes on this rant about how Morrison's adultery is un-American and should be stopped. He says that otherwise our leaders will be in change, our women will change, our women will be learning how to shot put, and all we vital American males will be force-fed borscht along with generous helpings of Das Kapital. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah. That was a... He has quite a vision for the future, doesn't he? (laughs) He does. Yeah, because of like one immoral, you know, indiscretion Mm -hmm. on the part of Norm's co-workers. Hey, it's a a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope, isn't it? Even I don't find it that slippery, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Our women will be learning how to shop put. (laughs) Carla tells Norm that a snitch is the lowest thing on earth. I feel like this has come up before, although that might have been a Welcher. Don't they? They talk about like a Welcher being the lowest form of human being, I think, in the episode when Woody places the bet. But for some mm-hmm. reason, I was thinking Snitch. So Norm asks Carla how anyone would know that he told, and Carla says that she'll squeal like a stuck pig. So she's going to snitch on the snitcher. And Norm says, Norm says at this point, like, guys don't tell on other guys, which I really do not think that Norm believes. But again, <laughs> he's trying to be that person. Right, he's. You can tell almost in his face. He's like, I'm just kind of, you know, he, he wants to tell so badly, and I, I really liked how, um, how he did that, how they carried mm-hmm. that through this entire episode, like this moral battle with him. Right, because it's a and very interesting thing to think about in in that it case. Is. What what you might do when something, albeit it's a rumor, as as we bring up, but it's interesting mm-hmm. to kind of think, what would I do in that situation if I had this juicy bit that could 
guarantee me this position that I really want or I think I really want. Right. And the reasons why or not why why to or not to spread it are yeah. different for each person as well. And the norm right. goes through several of them. Like here is the guys don't tell on other guys, which is, you know, again, like some, something I don't and something I don't think he believes. Cliff's reason is different. You know, Carla just doesn't believe in snitching. I don't even know that there's some sort of real moral value to it. She just doesn't think that, you know, snitchers are human or whatever. Mm. Diane has kind of her higher higher ethical ground of not thinking Norm should snitch in order to get a promotion. So they're all kind of in a different place on, like, why or why not, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we go through a little bit more of Sam and Fraser. We just kind of finish this. Sam explains to Fraser that he is, they're going out, he's not to think of Diane. And then Sam puts some of his cologne on Fraser, kind of slaps his cheeks with it and so forth. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser winces when it stings his eyes, and he kind of keeps wincing throughout the scene, mm-hmm. which I thought was amusing. <laughs> Um, and then Sam says that Fraser, they're going to go out, they're going to walk into a place and they're going to see a hot, sexy woman that he's dreamed about. And it's like, her friend is for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I thought, I thought that was funny. Yeah. It was just kind of little, you know, Sam and Fraser brief scene, but it's amusing. I kind of wish we'd seen more of, of exactly what happens, you know, in this episode mm-hmm. with, with, with their, their adventures on the town. That would have been interesting to see. Either seeing it or even a scene if they come back in the end. Right. Some sort it. of, some sort yeah. of follow through. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think sometimes Cheers is one of those shows that the show don't tell motto does mm. not always work. It's almost like you'd rather hear the characters telling the fallout of something than to go outside the bar and see it. So right. I don't know. I don't know. I think I'd, it would be funny to hear Fraser tell it if he came back, like what happened. So Norm's boss walks in. Uh, Norm is surprised. He asks Cliff to do a breath test and asks what his breath smells like. And Cliff says Milwaukee, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> and then Norm's boss um, is played by an actor that you have some information on, I believe. Yes, yeah, so we have Daniel Davis, um, who, uh, to me and probably most people, is best known for his role as Niles the Butler on The Nanny, which was a mid-90s uh, sitcom on CBS, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I recognized him instantly with, with that, and um, I, I've seen so much of that show from reruns when I was a kid, so, you know, it's almost yeah. – um, it's almost – alarming to see him outside that role because I haven't seen him in anything else. And, and yeah, so it was, um, he's been in a lot of different things. He was in the hunt for red October. He was in, um, Oh, he played a couple different characters in star Trek, the next generation. He's done guest star roles, um, throughout the years, pretty active, still active, but definitely the nanny is his most, um, his most prominent role. That's interesting because he looks familiar, and I don't remember if I remember him from something else, but he does have a distinctive presence Mm to him. So when he comes in, Norm tries to act like he doesn't frequent Cheers, and then his boss, Mr. Reinhardt, says they know he spends a lot of time there and that Cheers is where they send his checks. So he's very understanding about this, uh, which I like. I thought that Mr. Reinhardt is an interesting character in his brief scene, I think, because he does seem understanding, and he seems like a decent boss. It's just the verdict of what he's going to say at the end is unappealing. Right. So kind of unclear how to take him. But he tells Norm he didn't get the job. 
And he goes on and kind of makes a lot of the fact that it was a toss-up until the end. And if there's anything that they could have used to distinguish Norm from the other person that got the job from Morrison, then it may have swayed things in his favor. And Norm is getting more and more agitated as Mr. Reinhardt is saying this. Um, I'm talking about how both of their behaviors inside and outside the office are impeccable. And if there's one tiny thing in Norm's favor, you know, like on and on about that. So... Norm tells Mr. Reinhardt he has something personal to tell him that might be painful and it's going to change his life in every way, which is funny looking back because it's just that he had something in his teeth. (laughs) Um, But he asked if he would first like a cheese doodle. So Norm wants a cheese doodle. He steps over to the bar to ask for cheese doodles. And then you have this kind of like, you know, angel and devil on his shoulder in the forms of Diane and Cliff. Diane is saying, no, Norman. Cliff's whispering, yes, yes. And Diane's saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> so Norm returns to the table. And I think this is why I like Mr. Reinhardt, because his question is just so innocent. It's like, who are those people, Peterson? And why doesn't one of them want you to have a cheese doodle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Norm improvises that Diane is trying to help him watch his dairy intake. As if there's any dairy and cheese. Doodle. Right. <laughs> like, Norm is interesting when he tries to think on his feet. Mm-hmm. Like that. <laughs> um, and he says what he had to tell Mr. Reinhardt really nothing. Just he had something between his teeth. So Mr. Reinhardt is, like, showing his teeth. He's kind of believing that that's what's going on. And Norm right. says that the combination of syllables in his last sentence must have kicked it right out. Norm's behavior, whenever he has a superior, like a boss or someone that he's, you know, looking to work for in the bar is... It's very similar across times, I think, and it's always amusing, this, this display that he puts on. Right. So, um, Norm asks why he didn't get the job, and Mr. Reinhardt, he says he owes him the truth, which is another thing. He just seems like he's earnest, even though he's going to have to tell him that it's because Vera didn't fit in with the company wives, and that the test was the luncheon that she went to. And Norm says if his wife isn't good enough for the country, a country isn't good enough for the company, then he is not either. So, Mr. Reinhardt admires Norm's loyalty, um, and Norm asks if Morrison's wife is more acceptable than his, and this is kind of the kicker, I think, of the whole scene. Mr. Reinhardt says that Morrison's never had a wife, mm-hmm. and Norm gets a little, little bit of honesty in there. He's like, yeah, well, I wouldn't be too sure about that one, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love his delivery of that line, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... Which, when you think about it, I, I, I don't know, I kind of bristled at that whole, you know, your wife didn't, mm-hmm. you know, that was what was determined. Like, I mean, how often are these people getting together for dinner and drinks every night? Like, it's some sort of mob family or whatever. I thought that was right. very bizarre. I mean. It kind of is. Like, are all of the executives' wives friends? Like, I get that it's not just the accountants at the firm, but it, mm-hmm. yeah, that was, it was strange to think that the executives' wives would be together that often. Right. I mean, I'm sure there are companies like that. I mean, I know there's companies like that, especially if it were a smaller firm where, you know, it probably is some sort of social popularity contest or whatever. Right. But, yeah, it was just very, very odd that that was what was, you know. It makes it almost a class <laughs> distinction. Like, that's mm-hmm. what you get from the way that Norm was talking earlier about how excited Vera was to be at this luncheon and how she was calling Velveeta fromage after that. Like, that's what they had was Velveeta, you know, but she had been to this nice place and so forth mm-hmm. with these women. So Norm says, you know, he's, he's disappointed. He says, breaking the news to Vera is going to be harder. And he has to tell her that when she went to lunch with the other wives, she didn't pass muster. Mm-hmm. Woody interjects, maybe she couldn't reach it. 
<laughs> the best part of this, in my opinion, is Diane's expression. Like, she's almost rolling her eyes. She's just like, mm-hmm. ugh. And then she pushes Woody aside. Exactly. She him. physically removes him and sets right. him straight. And right. I really like that, that she removes him from the scene, and you kind of mm-hmm. see her explaining it to him in the background. Yeah. Really too. like that. And Norm calls Vera and explains that he didn't get the promotion because he wasn't the right man for the job. I like that like, the way everyone is kind of watching to see what he says, too. Mm-hmm. And he goes on about how he's a loser and he doesn't why she, know why she doesn't pack her bags and leave him. And then he says, hello. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> she pretended to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was like a nice little glimpse of their relationship, like a fun teasing aspect to it, you know? Yeah. And she seems like, I mean, obviously we never meet her, but she seems like in that moment different than how we have would have assumed her before, right? She seems mm-hmm. a little more fun and obviously has feelings for him. Right. Something like, you know, if you just called up and said, hey, not only did I not get the job, but I quit my job. It's yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you just went from high hopes to nothing. And, and you know, she's still okay with it and everything. It, I really like the line about uh, when he's like, I, you know, he, and he's very sweet and very sincere, I think, but talks about how he's so lucky to have her and, and mm-hmm. everything. And she basically asks, how many beers have you had? And he's like, oh, yep. two, three, two, you three. know, what? <laughs> he looks to, looks to Woody for confirmation. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, that was great. Just like that pause. I don't know, two, three, what do you say? That was great. I thought that was a nice, it was funny and a nice little glimpse at how they must deal with things, you know. Mm-hmm. It was good. And so Diane is very heartened by this. And she says that what Norm did is one of the finest things that she's seen a man do. So she's proud of him. Mm-hmm. And Norm's last line Great, I'm unemployed. And he really means, great, I'm unemployed. <laughs> and orders another beer. Yeah. So that's that's back to like real norm, I would say. Not that he necessarily <laughs> loves being unemployed versus employed, but the whole go-getter, aggressive, I'm at the point of destiny, you know, that was it's passing. Definitely. Right, that's definitely not him. Mm-mm. Yeah, this was a fun episode. This was mm-hmm. a fun episode. Um it kind of brought me back to um, the episode from season three, uh, the executioner's executive exactly. executioner, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever that's called, um, where he, you know, is is promoted and basically is the corporate killer or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and he has to fire these people and everything. It, uh, I mean, you know, second to that episode, absolutely, but it it, it carried over some themes, and I really enjoyed oh sure, it. Yeah. yeah, right. But it is because it's like Norm's, you know, they're using Norm's humanity in that one. But then also he for a while is like, I'm good at this and I'm doing something I'm good at. So he thinks that he has this ambition for the job and it really right. doesn't work out. Right. Yeah. And I liked so I, I liked that. I, I tend to like I'm sure I've mentioned this. I tend to like stories that deal with Norm. If they're going to focus on one of the you know, more supporting characters, then Norm's probably my favorite or one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I just think he can carry a story well and like i said i like how he deals with these people that come in the bar that are work related um and then i liked the whole slideshow kind of interlude in the middle mm-hmm. yeah the sam going out with fraser like that was amusing i didn't think that that was as good as the the slideshow part though and they, they just had that yeah. as the sam and diane or not sam and diane but as the fraser and diane aspect of the episode that would have been mm-hmm. plenty 
Exactly. That really, that would have been plenty. Exactly. That, that was the best part of the episode for me, honestly, mm-hmm. was that, that whole slideshow scene and, and the interaction with Diane and Frazier and the commentary from, from everyone else there. And uh, yeah, I just thought the way they, the, the way they framed it, cause I mean, you, you know, kind of a wide lens and you have just, you have a lot of people back in the room and you have, right. uh, you have Norm and you have Cliff parked in front. And uh, yeah, I, that was definitely the high point for me. Mm-hmm. And they're all waiting for something. They're all waiting to see something in Europe. <laughs> it never mm. really comes up, you know. Right. It's all right. Just, it's over. It's over and done with. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. the callback too to uh, the slides of uh, Cliff slides from Florida. Mm-hmm. Norm actually says yours were better. He's like, I got him in the car. In the car. <laughs> right. Right. I do too. So. Yeah. Was there anything else that you thought about for this episode? I think that's it for me. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.